We're back this and every Saturday at this time. We carry on what I think are helpful conversations about the moment and the mission, and we're going to continue to do that today. My name is Ed Stetzer, and of course, you're listening to Ed Stetzer Live. I'm the uh, executive director of the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center, but as I've mentioned the last few weeks, that's kind of a transition for me, so I'm moving from Chicagoland, the, the, the land of flowing of milk and honey, because that's where Moody Radio is. We've got a great Moody Radio team there. Matter of fact, Karen Hendren, our producer, and Courtney Young, our engineer, and Charles is on the phone today. Uh, so, but I'm moving away from them, but through the amazing technology of radio, uh, when I'm in California, which I am in California right now, uh, I become the incoming dean of the Talbot School of Theology at Biola University. And so excited about that transition, moved to the West Coast, also serving as teaching pastor at Mariner's Church here in Irvine, California. Anyway, that's me, uh, Ed Stetzer, and uh, married to Donna. You got my whole life story, my whole bio. Three daughters are amazing, one turned 21 this week. And I'll, give, I'll stop with the bio. But the reason I mentioned the, the daughters is all of them are right now in college or grad school. And that's going to be part of our conversation today as well. So let me tell you about our guest. Uh, our guest is Mar- Mark Gautier. Uh, and he got to start as a... T- and by the way, I'm going to ask him in just a moment after the intro. He's got one of those names you're not 100% sure. Even when you practice, you got it right. But we'll see. Mark Gautier... Uh, it got his start as chaplain at Harvard University just after leading a summer project behind the what was then the Iron Curtain in Romania. Uh, before he came, uh, before he became vice vice president of Crew, he also served as executive director of Crew's U.S. campus ministry, providing thousands of uh, leadership, leadership of thousands of Crew staff and volunteers on high school and college campuses across the country. And now he's serving as vice president and U.S. national director for Crew uh, for over two years. So those of you who know Crew, uh, formerly Campus Crusade, you know that the national director, I mean, that's probably the person we most would interact with when we think about people serving in colleges, universities in the U.S. But as you probably are also aware, you know, know, Crew is actually the largest missions agency in the world. And uh, people don't often think of it that way, but uh, missionaries in all kinds of, uh, I should say the largest Protestant mission agency in the world, all kinds of places in all kinds of ministries. But we're going to, we're going to focus some about uh, campus today and ministry there. And we're going to take your calls. I'll, matter of fact, I'll give you the number now. It's 877-548-3675. Okay, Mark, so I'm a professor. I need you to give me a grade. What's my grade on pronouncing <laughs> your name? How did that go? Yeah. I'm going to give you two grades. I'm going to give you an A plus for pronouncing in a way that sounds really good. Probably a B in terms of uh, correctly, but I think I like the way you pronounced it. It's actually <laughs> Gothier, Gothier. And Gothier. when we're in, uh, yeah, when we're in France or someplace like that, I'm almost embarrassed to pronounce my last name. But that's because it looks Gothier. like Gothier. Yep. Yeah, because yes. the French would want to add that yay at the end, but yes, Gothier, that's right. Gothier. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good. Well, yeah. super. We're we're so glad to have you on the program, and and uh, and of course, when you talk about crew, you, I always ironically, I mean, you made this big name change, and then everyone says formerly known as Campus Crusade, <laughs> um, and I don't know how long you do that. You know, I, I was in Australia for the last month, 
And I had to, you know, every time I went to a Hungry Jack's, I'd have to say to people, well, that's really Burger King. So, I mean, everyone knows Hungry Jack's is Burger King because there was a trademark dispute in every Burger King in Australia. So, so everyone knows Crew is Campus Crusade, but there were important reasons. I actually wrote about it in Christianity Today to kind of defend your decision because people got a little snarky about it. I know you're thinking Christians <laughs> get snarky about something. Um, so why why the name change? Yeah, Ed. Well, th- hey, by the way, thank you for for advocating for us. Yeah, there were some very strategic reasons that we changed the name. Uh, <clears throat> the biggest reason is that our mission is uh, to come alongside the body of Christ and give every person a chance to know Christ in the world. And to uh, do that, we're reaching a lot of people that actually would have a little bit of an issue with the name Crusade. Uh, and so we thought, why why have us create a stumbling block with that? So we removed that. And second, second of all, is as you know, um, while the campus ministry is core to what we do, it's it's what how uh, Campus Crusade for Christ was started. Uh, the the ministry has gone broadened out significantly beyond that, and it no longer represented uh, the name. Didn't represent what we were doing, and so. Uh, the biggest reason was for effectiveness and fruitfulness in the mission. The second reason was to capture more of uh, a name that would actually reflect who we are uh, and the breadth of what God has uh, led us to do. Love it. Love it. And of course, so this will save the next four calls that will ask that question. So um, <laughs> we, we kind of got that question out of the way. And it was just interesting because it's like, and be, be glad that you did it when you did. I think it was 2011. Because uh, I just remember I wrote this article in Christianity Today, and people got mad at me for defending you. And I was like, <laughs> imagine if you did that in 2023. But uh, hopefully, oh, maybe a few years from now, you can stop saying uh, the organization formerly known as Campus Crusade. Because <laughs> Crew itself has just had... I mean, in the last decade, just really amazing all that God continues to do. Uh, you know, with the death of Bill Bright, people asked in some ways what this would mean for the future. Uh, I remember going to a meeting with Vanette afterwards, and they passed out these batons to us. And, uh, you know, they kind of the, you know, a symbolic moment about, I guess it was 50 or so leaders, maybe you were there and passing the baton on. And, and, and all of us thought, you know, we all want to take up the baton that Bill Bright, but but Crew has shown to be just on mission, continuing to do rem- remarkable things. Twenty thousand staff serving around the world. My most recent count. Uh, so I'm just anyway. All that to say, Ed Stetzer is a super fan and very thankful, <laughs> and love that now you're in this new leadership role. So let's talk a little bit. You're 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 leading and overseeing in the areas of, uh, of campuses. What excites you most about reaching this next generation that you're primarily taxed to engage here in the U.S.? Right. Yeah, thank you. Great question, Ed. And just one little uh, caveat as I start there. Crew in the U.S., part of my role is uh, we have a variety of initiatives in government, military, sport, family. Uh, the one we're, as I said, most familiar with is campus. And uh, that's middle school, high school, university students, graduate students, and professors. And so, uh, but that generation, uh, to your point, uh, why we would, why that's matters so much is that is the future of our world. Right now, as we all know, there's a massive de- leader development initiative happening in our school systems all over. And the question isn't going to be, 
if these students, as they get older, will contribute and lead in our world, it's really how they will lead. And here's what really excites me. I think about Acts chapter 17, when Paul went into Athens and he engages with the, in the synagogue, he engages in the, the marketplace, and then he's invited up into the key area of influence in the Arapagos. And this is what he says when he's given the microphone figuratively. From one man, God made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. And I look at this generation, Ed, and I look at this as God placed this generation on this planet for such a time as this. And perhaps they may be the generation that maybe sees the actual fulfillment of the Great Commission. And there's some very unique things about this generation that I think uh, positions them uh, to make an incredible contribution to the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Yeah, I, I think that your, your view is probably not widely held. <laughs> let me let me explain. <laughs> uh, I think I think how's that for blunt? Um, I, yes, I, I like it. A lot of people. Yeah, no. I just let's just jump in because I That's think good. for a lot of people, yeah. they see the next generation as um, losing faith, not holding faith. Um, those that do hold an unclear faith, um, and there are some statistical realities. You know, I do I do this polling stuff in some of our ministry at the Billy Graham Center Research Institute. And, you know, we know there are dropouts, young adult, you know, people raised in church who drop out. We, we know that the level of religiosity as a percentage across young adults is lower. Uh, at the same time, where I would say I might align with what you're saying, is those who are Christians tend to take it um, more seriously. So tell me more why you think this could yeah. be the generation that fulfills the Great Commission when every night on the news we're hearing this generation is confused, lost, and not going anywhere. Right. Yes, let's let's talk about that because you're right. There is a, a mindset out there of this this people. But if we step back and we look at this, we think God, God is sovereign. He's working his redemptive plan. So why did he put this group of people here now? So here's some other uh, statistics that I would add to the mix or some other factors about this this generation. Not uh, not uh, withstanding the, those facts that you brought out. This, this generation is certainly the least religious of any generation in the, in the United States. However, our research shows, and there's a lot of other research that points to the fact that they may be the most spiritually interested of any generation. This generation has grown up with a level and awareness and experience of brokenness that is very unique, whether it's related to anxiety, whether it's related to uh, terrorism, a pandemic, an economic uh, tsunami that they went through. They have experienced the brokenness of humanity in ways that I didn't experience growing up. And there is a recognition that there is a gap. 
this group, because of social media, and there's a there's a, a strength there, and there's an enormous weakness that we could all talk about. But the strength is they understand the digital world in ways that I ha- I cannot even begin to understand it. So as an example, we have a digital strategy uh, that focuses primarily on students that has a, an exposure of about 50 million people a year that come to the site, mostly students. Uh, we see 2,200 people a day put their trust in Jesus Christ. It's an evangelistic site. 40% of those people go on to a follow-up, an online follow-up initiative. Well, this generation understands the power of social media, the power of digital in ways that, that I don't. Because of the downside of social media, they're also incredibly lonely. Well, that loneliness is an opportunity because we know there is nothing more powerful than gospel community. And so when we see in our ministries, students looking at exposed to that, it connects with a great need that they feel. Another important point with this generation is it's the most diverse generation to date in America. And actually, among this population group, uh, the majority culture is made up of a variety of ethnic minority contexts. Now, why is that important? My, <clears throat> that's important because, number one, their, ability, their tolerance, their comfortability their desire to include and their ability to cross into these different contexts make them a generation that going around the world, being with different people groups, being with different uh, religious perspectives, isn't something that they have to learn how to do. They've grown up understanding how to relate in that context. What better group of people to actually think about taking the gospel as they're activated and follow the Lord Jesus to the world. Hmm. And then I I think about just their, their desire at a grassroots level to make a difference. They want to be involved. Now they're involved in a lot of things that don't, we wouldn't be excited about, but when their hearts are grabbed by the person of Jesus Christ, they're all in. In the, in the campus ministry, we have a, an invitation we give to students and to all that are involved with them, us, actually. We say, ask them to uh, respond to the Lord with a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, in the power of your, your spirit, I surrender to you and I will go where you want me to go. Do what you want me to do. Say what you want me to say and give what you want me to give. So those are just a few thoughts. Yeah, good thoughts. Good thoughts and helpful. Um, we're going to continue our conversation in just a moment. I know that we'll have some uh, callers with questions about this as well. Maybe maybe the parents of some young adults, maybe young adults themselves. Um, our phone number is 877-548-3675. We're to take your calls. Uh, again, it's 877-548-3675. We're going to be talking specifically in just a moment about young adults and what God's doing on campuses in America. Stay with us. 
As believers in Jesus, we know our citizenship on earth is actually temporary, but the days can be challenging navigating a world in cultural decline. A.W. Tozer brings help and encouragement in his book, Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. He tackles the how-to of confronting and battling worldliness while we live in anticipation of heaven. Be better equipped to take on each day. Read Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. Your copy is at moodypublishers.com. Hey, we're back at Stetzer Life, having a great conversation, really addressing some of the opportunities and questions about the emerging generation. Uh, Mark Gothier is my guest today, and he's with Crew. Uh, he serves as the Vice President and U.S. National Director of Crew over the last two years. Got also global ministry experience as well. Been neat to see, just read through some of what God has been doing in his life. We got some folks already calling in. Let me let you know the number one more time. It's 877-548-3675. Uh, maybe you got questions about, you know, what's going on in the campus community? What's 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 going on with crew? What's what what are the mission opportunities around the world? Again, the number is 877-548-3675. You know, it doesn't go many a show when we're talking about young adults when somebody doesn't ask questions about their young adults. You know, I, I've got a daughter who just in a few minutes will be doing her senior graduate recital at the University of Toronto and, uh, you know, finish her master's degree. I got the other two finishing their final exams at university level. My kids and I'm a professor. We are all <laughs> vested in the university world. And so we are so thankful for crew. And maybe and maybe you have questions about that age group. Again, 877 Three six seven five. You know, Mark, when you talk about evangelism, what comes to mind? You know, I love evangelism. I lead the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center. Um, I find that nowadays, the most common way I hear people talking about evangelism is either expressing their embarrassment or discomfort with the way it's been done in the past, rather than talking about ways we could do it today. The most famous thing, of course, is the four spiritual laws, which you know went around the world. Uh, still used. Uh, I still use parts. Um, so what, with crew, right, maybe your own experience in general, how has your approach to evangelism discipleship shifted and grown over the last few decades? Yes. You know, I, I resonate with your comment there about, uh, evangelism really being on, uh, taking a, uh, on a, uh, a difficult, uh, uh, what's the right way to say it? it there, the stock has not been very high in the area of evangelism. And I think, if I were the devil, I would try to convince people that that's true. And I, I think uh, what you have found in all of your research, Ed, uh, that you do is actually um, people are spiritually open and uh, people uh, are wanting to know how they can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we assume in crew. And, and this is since we began our ministry in 1951, is that every person ever created on this planet is made in the image of God and therefore on a spiritual journey. And because of that, we have the belief that no matter who we meet, no matter the, if it's our neighbor, a dorm mate, a professor, they're all on a spiritual journey 
And, and then our role becomes, how can we join them on their spiritual journey? And so from that standpoint, we continue to, to think about evangelism with that, that vision. Second thing that really is the same today as it was in 1951 is that people have felt needs. Uh, they're different now. Uh, their needs of, you know, anxiety, relationships, as we know, the whole perspective of sexuality, uh, justice. And just like we did in, in the 50s and 60s, we look at those as opportunities, doorways to a person's soul, if you will, to engage them. And what does Jesus have to say about this? And how can you come to know him in a personal way? And how does that connect with that felt need? So from that standpoint, we're looking just like we have all these years and just like you do for what are those opportunities? What are those mm. felt needs? And then, of course, the relational context is a high, high, high value. And so a lot of what we do is, is uh, help come alongside students and in all of our context really believers and say all right let's how can we help you learn how to connect with those that are yet to know Christ your neighbors your friends your colleagues and then what are some ways you can join them on your spiritual journey helping them get over their barriers helping them to understand what a relationship with God looks like and how they can know Jesus as their savior and then continuing to journey with them. And so right now we have a, a lot of initiatives that seek to empower the relational networks of students. For example, uh, we have a, a, just a simple strategy and it's, it's how to help students share their story. We call it a before and after. And what they do is they write down one word that describes their life before knowing Jesus and one word that describes their life after Jesus. And they make a self video of about two minutes that talk about that. And then they post it on their Facebook page. They send it out to all of their followers. And there's, we have simple questions that they ask their friends to, to give them feedback on that story. Well, it's amazing the opportunities students have to share their faith as they find the spiritually interested people using their story. But that would just be one example of really how do we help students leverage their relationships in a way that furthers the advancement of the gospel. Good deal. Well, we got some questions coming in and some callers uh, ready to jump into our conversation. So let's start first with uh, Jerry in Huntington Beach. I'm guessing listening on K-Wave. Uh, Jerry, you're live on the air. Go ahead with your question or comment. Okay, don't hear Jerry, so we'll come back to Jerry in just a bit. Well, if I wouldn't mind for a call screener, check and see if Jerry's going to be there. Uh, Paul in Yukon, Oklahoma. Paul, you're live on the air with your question or your comment. Go ahead. Okay, not sure what's going on. That maybe makes it thinks it's on my end. Uh, okay, we're going to try to see if we can select here and make that work. So anyway, yeah. uh, so let me go. Mark, 
Oh, we do have Jerry. Okay, Jerry, go ahead. We think it may be on my end. Go ahead. Okay. Um, hi, good morning, guys. Um, thank you for your um, ministry. Um, I, I actually, uh, I, I have a heart. Um, I actually um, was uh, looking for um, uh, on, on campus when I was in college, which was quite a few decades ago. <laughs> um, so what I want to know, though, is um, it, with, the, with the social media platform, the, the way you, you're adapting um, to this age group, um, and, and being like, a, I don't know if you'd consider crew a parachurch ministry um, or, or just a separate, um, totally um, separate uh, evangelistic type ministry. Um, how do we make the connection with the kids to, um, to, the, local, to the local church? Um, once someone, in the evangelism side, once someone gets saved, okay, um, comes to the Lord, um, in, in my particular case, for example, um, I didn't know what to do. I, I wasn't directed. I didn't know what to do next. You have that community on campus, um, uh, which you attach to, but where does the local church, where does the church, where does the body of Christ and the church actually come in? What is the relationship there in the new, you see us going forward in the new generation? Yeah. Okay, so we got about 30 seconds till the music starts playing, but go ahead and start the answer, Mark. Yep. Okay. Jerry, thank you. Well, first of all, we are just a part of the church. We are, we come alongside the long-term answer for a person's growth is going to be being connected into the local church. We have a concept we call 100% sent. And what that means is that we want to invite people to a lifelong journey of following Christ. And we believe that is rooted in the local church. So thank you for that question. Good. And I want, to, I want to have you elaborate a little more on that as well when we come back. We're going to continue our conversation with Mark talking well about crew, about campus ministry and more. We're taking your calls as well. 877-548-3675. Again, that's 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back at Central Live. We're talking about, uh, well, a lot of things about campus ministry and the opportunities that are there. We just had a question I want to come back to because we were a little short on time before the bottom of the hour uh, and talking some about the local church. And the caller asked the question using a phrase that is, uh, or a word, that is an important word to discuss that, you know, crew, uh, yes, is crew parachurch. And Mark answered deeply trying to connect people to the church. And I really like where you were going with that, Mark. So how do we... You know, I, we're on Moody Radio. We're we're not a church. Uh, Crew's not a church. We believe Ephesians three ten says God has chosen the church to make known His manifold wisdom. I'm a professor and dean soon at you know Biola University. It's not a church. We partner with the church. So how do you walk that line and make sure that your team is enthusiastic and engaged in churches as part of their ministry, even though their ministry probably extends beyond local churches? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm glad we're coming back to that. Yeah. Well, just practically speaking, we we are we recognize that we are uh, a missionary part of the overall church. We we come alongside the church. So we uh, we from the very uh, beginning of any staff missionaries career, uh, we are called to be part of a local church. And um, the way we see it is 
we have a part to play. It's a small part, but our part is really in the area of being at the front line of sharing the gospel with people. We go to where people are throughout wherever they're at in society. And then we want to get them grounded in their faith. And what I would say is foundational, transformational biblical truths that they can understand and that they can uh, pass on to others. And really, if, if, if you will, plug them in to the local church to contribute with that foundational understanding of how do I share my faith? How do I make a disciple? And to bring that in to the church where they're going to spend their life. And we really want to see that happening on college campuses as well. We feel like it's very significant to, to have students connecting to the church while they're on campus because it actually enables them to continue their growth when they leave the campus environment. Yeah, good, good. I love the connection that's there. And, you know, I, I work in an organization you could call parachurch as well, but I'm like you, I'm deeply connected in a local church that 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 matters. Matter of fact, my faith journey began at a local church in Orlando, not far from where you are. Yeah. Um, so let's go to Paul in Yukon. We tried Paul a minute ago, and that was our technology was giving trouble. But Paul, uh, you're live on your with your question or your comment. Um, yes, thank you for taking my call. Appreciate it. Um, I'm curious, really curious about um, what is going on uh, with the Asbury movement, and I've heard a mention of another similar um, outbreak in another state, and how does this compare with uh, what the Lord did in the late 60s uh, through Pastor Chuck Smith, and um, what, it, what what is the potential, where is it going? Uh, thank, thank you, that was my question. Great question. Great question, uh, Mark. What do you think? I mean, you're you're you, you know worth noting by the way that places like Asbury uh, and like Wheaton, where I'm a professor and and where I'm going to Biola, uh, they don't typically have a crew presence on campus because crew focuses generally on non-Christian church campuses. But you have your pulse and uh, on what's going on across the country. So where's the spiritual interest following? from uh, from Asbury. Let me let me mention one more thing. We've had a couple of shows about this. We had um, Nick Hall on, who followed up with a meeting at the Rupp Arena there in Lexington and continues to see and talk about this. So if you're interested, go back to listen to a prior episode. You can go to edstetzerlive.com. But Mark, what are you seeing? You have, a, you have a view bigger than probably anybody across campuses in the U.S. Well, I'll tell you what. There, there are few things that just fill my heart with anticipation and hope, uh, like what God is doing among students at, say, Asbury, Western Kentucky, Baylor A&M, and many, many places where there's starting to be really expressions of the Spirit of God moving. And you've heard, you've interacted with Nick, so you you heard more about that. So, Paul, I want to say... Uh, this is, this is why I think this is so important to pay attention to, is I believe the last few years in our country, God has been getting our attention. I believe he is refining us as his, as his people. 
And I believe he wants to bring renewal to his people because the world is crying out for an answer, for answers. And we know what that is. We know the person of Jesus Christ loves them, wants to know them, can lift their lives into a dynamic transformational relationship where they can see their lives contribute in a massive way to this world. And so uh, many, many people have been praying for God to move in significant ways, like you saw at Asbury, if you've read about that, and other places. And the way I look at that is I see God drawing people to himself in deeper ways. I found it very interesting. Ed, I know you're very familiar with this. But, and at, at other places, Paul, you've perhaps read this. People, it was about Jesus. And I thought the word, one of the words that comes out of these different places where they're experiencing similar things to Asbury, is the word peace. And I think about this generation being the most anxious generation. That's a phrase that's used to date. And how is the spirit of God moving? He's giving them peace. Second is when they have talked about what's going on, they don't talk about this as radical Christianity. This is extraordinary Christianity. No, this is normal Christianity. This is God bringing us to himself in authentic, real ways. And it's just about Jesus and there's repentance and there's worship and there's evangelism and there's reconciliation. And so I think this is back to our earlier question, Ed, of why am I hopeful? I see God moving. And it's just not in the United States. It's in Australia, New Zealand. I've been in the Middle East. It's I'm seeing places where students are saying, I want to be all in with Jesus. He's worth everything. And I'll do what he wants me to do. So, Paul, I appreciate that question. I just want to say, let's keep praying. Let's keep listening. Let's keep telling the stories of where God is moving. And I'm pointing the finger back to me saying, God, I want, I want that in my life. I want that deeper, more meaningful, more intimate connection with you that just draws me closer to you and empowers me to say, I'll do whatever you want me to do, Lord. Hmm. So good. So good. We have um, one more segment coming up and we take your calls. The number is 877-548-3675. Again, I want to invite you to join the conversation with Mark Gothier uh, with Crew at 877-548-3675. I can't think of a more connected person in this space as uh, he serves as vice president and U.S. national director for Crew for over two years. And I love how, Mark, you pointed out this is also global. I just came back from Australia people talking about this as well. The world's yeah. brokenness has become very real. And if we look historically in times when there's a great time of brokenness, uh, David Brooks wrote an article for The Atlantic and talked about every 60 years, America goes through a uh, moral convulsion, I would say a cultural convulsion. And uh, 60 years ago, in the late 60s, we experienced a cultural convulsion. And 60 years before that, right at the beginning of the last century, we experienced a cultural convulsion. But in both of those cases, there was an accompanying 
outpouring. A uh, and Paul mentioned the Jesus People Movement, which came out of that last cultural convulsion. And I'm hopeful that we'll see the same pattern here. And in almost all cases, it starts and happens among young adults. So we're going to have one more segment to talk about this. 877-548-3675 is our number. Last segment, jump on the phone if you want to ask a question. 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back. We've been in a really helpful conversation with Mark Gothier, and we've been looking at uh, what's going on on campuses. And there's so much more than that that we could talk about today. Cruise ministry is really hard to explain because of its global reach. But let's go. We got some couple quick questions. We'll jump in on, and then I got a couple to uh, near as we get near the end of the program. We'll go first to to uh, to Angie and Courtney. If you'll select Angie for technological reasons, we we'll go to Angie. You're live on the air. Angie, go ahead. Oh, hi. Thank you. This is such a great program. I have a question about my son who is a freshman in college. The kid that he most connected with is heavily involved in crew, and they're going to live together next year in the dorms. And so I said to him, what a great opportunity to get involved with crew. And he said, oh, I can't. I don't qualify for that. And I said, why? And he said, because I'm Catholic. And so I'm wondering if there's something I could say to him to help him realize that's okay. Yeah, talk, talk yes. to us about that, Mark. Yeah, Angie, thank you. And uh, I'm, I, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. No, we, we work with Catholics and Protestants all over the world. Our goal is to share the gospel with everybody and to help people grow in their faith. And so uh, there isn't a qualification for a situation like that. But, uh, so I would encourage you to uh, ask him to just go ahead and, and step out and see, um, because uh, we are very much, uh, as I said, we're on, on more of the front lines of things, and we want to engage with your son and everybody, regardless of what their background is or where they're, where they're going whether they go to church or not. And so um, I think he's he's gotten some wrong information there. Yeah. Yeah. So we encourage um, him to check that out. I think that would be great. Talk to us a little bit about some of the uh, effective evangelism. How are young adults being reached for the, go- for the good news of the gospel today? Yeah. Well, I think um, we've, we've touched on a, a a, f- a couple of those strategies, but I've mentioned the whole, the role that, that digital plays. And uh, we have strategies uh, to reach young people that are just using, like I said, everystudent.com, which I just want to make a quick plug for that. If you're sharing your faith with somebody and they have a question, that site is written for people that don't yet know the Lord. And there's over a hundred articles in there and and it's designed to help a person come to know Christ. And so uh, that's a tool that you can take advantage of. Another tool that we use is the uh, the Jesus Film app. And this, the the Jesus Film app has a, uh, every translation of the Jesus Film, there's almost 2000 translations on your phone. And so for our ministry with students, as it, especially as it relates to international students, that's a tool as we're in conversation with them that 
they say, would you like to, to watch a, uh, a movie in your heart language? And their eyes about Jesus and their eyes light up. It's, it's amazing. Um, another way we, we engage with students is uh, something that's for those that have been on a college campus, you know, the old uh, student activities fair. Well, we were there like everybody else is, and uh, we do surveys. Uh, a lot of our surveys now are done with QR codes. So a student will come and we'll, we'll invite them to take a survey and we'll, we'll say for every, for every survey we take, we donate a dollar to this uh, nonprofit humanitarian aid organization. Obviously, it's a Christian organization. And so students want to participate and the survey asks them questions about their spiritual interest. And I've, I've said uh, many, many students are very spiritually interested. And so uh, that's a way we find out who's interested. And then students on the, that are involved in crew or staff can follow up with them and, and share the gospel. And uh, they're, you know, we, we use a tool called knowing God personally. And then there's about five or six other different tools that, it, that are very much around similar, those similar four points of the four, like the four spiritual laws Ed, that you, that you mentioned. Um, and that, that's one way, another strategy that we have. And part of the strategies that we use are how do you get the connection with people? How do you start the conversation? So we have this uh, uh, stack of, of pictures called, it's a solarium, it's called solarium. And it's really engaging with pictures over photographs. And you ask somebody if they have a few minutes to uh, share their perspective uh, to some questions using photographs. And those questions are, what would you say represents your life today? And there are some amazing pictures in this that they can pick. Uh, what do you, what do you, what's your worldview? What's your view of God? What's your view of yourself? And there are questions designed for people to engage and to use pictures to share what they're, what, where they're at. And then you're able to transition from that and actually share the message of Jesus Christ. We use testimonies a lot. We help students learn how to put their testimony on social media and share it with their friends. And we see many, many people uh, responding to that strategy and really empowering the students to share their faith. And it's amazing the boldness they take. I was with a group of students in uh, a very challenging part of the Middle East just a few weeks ago. There were 30 of them, all of them in a, uh, in a community that was of a different religion than Christians. And um, they shared with me how they had a strategy called 999. And they said, Our, we're trusting God to share the gospel with 99 people in nine days. And I just looked at these students thinking about what they are dealing with day in and day out. And here they were, they'd been equipped and trained in terms of how to share the gospel. And they were just looking for opportunities with their friends. It was amazing. So those are just a few. I could share those are great. many more, but, but yes, we'll stop there. 
But let's try to squeeze in uh, one question. Gary, I'm going to go to you in just a second, Gary, Michigan, but got to have that question be brief so we give, give Mark time to answer it. So, Gary, we're going to put you live on the air. Courtney, please do that. And, Gary, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my question. I came into your program a little bit later than I thought, and so I may not have caught your other questions. But here's my question. Uh, as you go into the social issues of the times that we live, specifically uh, specifically critical race theory, uh, the changing of sexes, you see uh, we've had a lot of fundamental churches drop crews simply because they felt they were teaching something that was contrary to Scripture. How do you answer that? Yeah, go for it. Let's, let's talk about it. Yep. Thank you, Gary, for that question. That's very good. Here, here's how I answer that question is our commitment, bar none, is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with everyone we have the opportunity to do that. We believe that Jesus Christ is the answer that every human being is made in his image and is separated from God and is need of a, is in need of a savior. That is the starting point for us. So our commitment is to really, we don't talk so much about what we're against. We talk about what we're for and what we're for is, is the fact that God loves you and has a, has a plan for your life that is rooted in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then secondly, we get people into the Word and disciple them from the Bible. And the Bible is the place that really guides and directs and is the foundation for the worldviews that we want everyone involved with crew to have. Super, super question, uh, super conversation. Uh, let me just say, too, for those of you who don't know Mark, you don't know Crew, uh, let me just encourage you to don't get things from social media, but to get things from people who are engaged and involved. And I've just seen the amazing work of Crew. And I'm so thankful that they do address issues, issues where they address issues of poverty, they address issues of brokenness, they address issues of injustice, and they do so driven from a biblical perspective. So my full confidence in what crew is doing and, and again and we live in 2023 and and you know people put anything on the internet that they want and i'm just so thankful for the good work that crew is doing and mark so glad that you're in this leadership role continuing to help crew show and share the love of jesus to a broken and hurting world right now in 2023 I think we have a great gospel opportunity, and I want to encourage you to stay. Don't come down from that wall to stay on mission. So let me thank my guest, Mark uh, Gauthier, for joining me today. Thanks to our behind-the-scenes team. I already mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned Charles on the phones, but thanks for Charles' work on the phones. Stay tuned. Next week, we're going to have uh, Viola Talbot, Old Testament professor, Dominic Hernandez. We're going to talk about the Old Testament and how to put those ancient texts into practice in our lives today. To hear today's program again, go to edsetzerlive.com or on the Moody Radio app. You can also connect with us through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Ed Stetzer Live. And Ed Stetzer Live is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thanks for listening.